Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friend. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email me, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com. Actually, back on YouTube, it is a miracle, modern-day miracle over here, YouTube. What a bunch of jokers. Anyway, good to be here, and... Pleasure to be here with you. The, let's see, Democrats, Democratic senators, Republican senators, President Joe Biden have reached an agreement on, they've reached an agreement on um, an infrastructure bill. And from what they're telling us, which of course the details are still yet to be in, um, I guess, specifically uncovered. They've given us numbers, but there's not, I mean, a lot of super specifics out there yet. But from what we're seeing, what they're telling us, it may actually be just for, in general, with maybe a few exceptions, real infrastructure, not human infrastructure, as Biden has mentioned before actually he mentions it when he makes this announcement from uh wherever they were yesterday i don't know if at the white house or where they were but i think that's where they were but they made this uh he makes the announcement they've they've come to an agreement 1.2 trillion with a t 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill again including republicans and and democrats which now includes mansion uh, and cinema and people like Bill Cassidy. Um, I think Mitt Romney's in this group as well. Yeah, the Republicans are Cassidy from Louisiana, Susan Collins from Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Rob Portman from uh, Rob Portman from Ohio, and Mitt Romney from the state of Utah. And it includes Mansion of West Virginia. Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, John Tester of Montana, Mark Warner of Virginia. So um, the ultra radicals and the conservatives are not really in this group. And maybe we, who knows how the, well, if all the radicals will join on board or not, but they think they've got something that'll pass here. They think they have something that'll pass. And Biden, here he is yesterday um, announcing announcing the decision or the, I guess, agreement, I should say, that they've, that they've reached. Here it is. That uh, we agreed on infrastructure. We made serious compromises on both ends. Uh, there is, uh, and they'll, they'll give you the numbers. But we did not, they did not, and I understand their position, Republicans and this group did not want to go along with many of my family plan issues, the child care tax credits, the human infrastructure that I talked about. Human infrastructure. And uh, 
that, we'll see what happens in a reconciliation bill in the budget process. If that, uh, if we get some compromise there, and if we can't, see if I can attract all the Democrats to a position that is there. But we're gonna, they're gonna move in a dual track, and uh, and that's all I'll say. But I, I want to thank each and every one of them. It's been, you know, a lot of us go back a long way where we're used to doing one thing: give each other our word, and that's the end. Nobody questions. They have my word. I'll stick with what they proposed, and they've given me their word as well. So, where I come from, that's good enough for me. Okay, it's good enough for our, for Joe Biden, who rode the Amtrak train from what from Delaware to Washington D.C. Just one of the average guys. Good enough for him, where he came from, Scranton, PA. But look, I mean, this is. It's not it's not going to be ideal when we get down to brass tacks on this, but it is much better. It is much better if this is actually what what comes uh, comes out of this with this if this actually we if we stick to this here. It's not as bad as of course it could have been. So what is in this bill? What is in this bill? Well, glad you asked. Funding for roads and bridges 109 Billion with a B dollars. That is significantly less reported by CNN here, so who knows, but significantly less than what Biden originally requested, which was $159 billion. Money for transit and airports, that's about $49 billion. <clears throat> um, that's for public transit, $66 billion for rail, $25 billion for airports, $16 billion for ports and, uh, and waterways. There's funding in this. Again, from what we're being told, for water and power systems, $55 billion would be invested in water infrastructure, $73 billion in the nation's power structure. Hopefully that means, I think I've seen elsewhere where they actually refer to uh, the power grid. That is a real legitimate problem and concern. Look, infrastructure is something... Not human infrastructure, as Biden and, and the radical left are trying to now convince and re- Americans that infrastructure doesn't mean what infrastructure really means. Infrastructure is these these things: bridges, roads, airports. I mean, to the degree that they're they're the federal government's responsibility, right? Now we get into some areas that maybe. Maybe it's not. We've got electric vehicle investment, broadband investment, um, you know, again, roads, bridges. But that is in general, in general infrastructure, and in general, um, a lot of the things the federal government should be funding. I'm not suggesting that it all should be because that's simply never going to be the case. But, again, this is uh, much better than, than what we were starting off with, which was basically – um, a bunch of socialized ideas or dreams and wishes of the the radical left. So in a sense, I think this can be viewed as a victory. Now, I will say this too. I will say this. I don't know how many times in the past, uh, say, 10 or 12 years, that infrastructure has been cited, right? We had shovel-ready jobs back with the Obama, excuse me, the old Biden-Bama administration, Shovel-ready jobs. we got to get this infrastructure done. People standing at the ready with their shovel in hand waiting for Obama to sign the check. 
and infrastructure would be taken care of, infrastructure would be uh, being moved forward. You hear this a lot. You hear, oh, we got to invest in America's infrastructure. And then when, when, when the dollars are actually counted or they're actually allocated and we see where they actually end up, then in Obama's time in office, we see that you know, a lot of the money went to uh, some union coffers and not to the actual shovel-ready jobs. I don't want to get into all that other than to say other than to say that this is in the past has many times been used as a as a bit of a ruse as a bit of a make believe or insufficient effort or whatever it is and they they keep coming back to this infrastructure got to invest in infrastructure got it okay well let's do it if we're going to if we're going to do it let's not say it's infrastructure and then actually we find out that it is human inf- it's, I'm not even going to use that term, human infrastructure. Human infrastructure. Because they, they plant this seed and they want you, they want me to believe the human infrastructure is actually a legitimate, I guess, sub-definition or infrastructure include or is inclusive of social programs. That is not at all what infrastructure is. And they know it. But there's people out there, if you say it enough to them, if you tell them that a, an infrastructure plan should include child daycare or – I mean take, take any program you want like that. And that doesn't even matter. It's just the first one that popped into my mind. I think Biden may have referenced it there in the soundbite I played. But human infrastructure – all-day kindergarten or whatever other all-day preschool, government-funded, um, you know, mandatory maternity leave or whatever these, these programs are that they're trying to implement, paid vacation for everyone or maybe some additional health insurance, whatever they come up with and say, well, that's just for the infrastructure of, of our people, right? That is... You can't you can't have an economy that works without taking care of your people. That's how they do this. And people say, "Well, that's right." I mean, you can't you can't have that. You can have all the roads and bridges you want, but man, if people are in too bad a shape to be able to get in their cars and drive across those bridges, what good are those bridges? We better invest in humanity, human infrastructure. Right? And this is how they this is how this is done. This is how social programs grow. In fact, you go back to the early days of, say, Social Security, and you read historically what Social Security was supposed to be and now what it is today, just the massive growth, whatever you think of Social Security. I'm not here to attack that or whatever. That's not the point. It's just to say it starts as one thing, and it turns into a massive, massive just – takes over, redefines people's lives, really, when they reach a certain age. Medicare is, is the same way. It, it changes everything that a person has done in the you know, particular areas of whether it be health insurance or just how they provide for themselves a living. Social Security and Medicare radically transformed and changed that, and it wasn't really the way that these programs were said to have started it wasn't 
that what what was said at the time of passage of these things and the promises that were made and the way that these programs were painted, meaning the the the, the, the vision for what they were going to be is much was much smaller and much less intrusive or life changing than they are today. And so but you get your little foot in the door here, Biden if he could get his human infrastructure plan in this bill, then we would start the next time infrastructure is needed, which by my count would probably be about next Friday because this is how this is how the Congress uh, this is how they talk about it. They, anytime they want to spend money, they they go to the old infrastructure well because it sounds so it sounds so perfect, and then they they tack along all of their other pork and. Then they tack their social programs on there, and voila, look at this. We move ourselves to the left even further, government providing more quote-unquote solutions to the American people, when instead it's bankrupting the economy, creating um, a nanny, even a larger nanny state, and it's it's hurting people when that happens. Um, Again, we don't. I think people like Shepherd Community, for example, Jay Height, what he's doing over there is a much, much, infinitely better way of dealing with um, issues like poverty and just other social issues that, that folks are, are dealing with in communities than for the federal government to invest in human infrastructure. Another group, Community Foundation of, of Morgan County, they have the same um, – perspective on how to uh, how to help folks not to create some sort of government long-term dependency instead investing in community by helping people see their god-given potential to help overcome whatever problems they have but then to help them flourish on their own without becoming a um, you know having a need for a permanent handout that sometimes makes people feel good to give people who need, and that's that's not a bad thing. But we should also think, how do we help folks tap into their God-given potential and no longer need the help? And maybe maybe even, you know, it should be, eventually the folks that receive the help are, are in a position to actually help others and to continue to grow and move move these things forward. But investing in human infrastructure – Investing in human infrastructure through the federal government in an infrastructure plan is simply not it's not infrastructure and it's not it's not the job of the federal government. In fact, it's moving us further left. So in that sense, it's good that we um, by and large kept a lot of that nonsense from getting in there. Uh, but again, we've also constantly had this roads and bridges argument laid before us. And it'll be no time at all, mark my words, within some short period of time. And it's not next Friday. That's hyperbole. But they will go to this again. And they, they will bank on the American people forgetting that we made big investments in infrastructure because it just sounds so good. It's time to fix our roads and bridges. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right, man. Let's give them money. Let's, let's vote for this. Instead, let's just fix, let's fix the problem. Quick time out here. Quick timeout is needed. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
Welcome back. So, lots of other things happening out there as well besides just an infrastructure plan that is uh, that is being passed by Congress. We finally, finally Kamala Harris is working her way to the southern border. She's found it. Kamala Harris has found the southern border. In her, it took her what is it, three or four months now to find it, but she found it. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what she can do in another three or four months because it's quite remarkable. It's a quite uh, quite remarkable feat to find the southern border in about four months. Four months. I'm looking here, Washington Examiner, but it's not just that she found the border. She's at, she's not at the right place on the border where there's the problem. In fact, she's about 800 miles, 800 miles from where the epicenter of illegal immigration is. She's visiting El Paso, and she needs to visit instead McAllen, Texas, which if you can envision the state of Texas in your mind, the, the, the southernmost point, Texas comes to a, a little point there at the southernmost tip, right around there, that's where McAllen, Texas is. And if you trace that border up the Rio Grande all the way up to where Texas and uh, what is it, New Mexico, um, right around where they the, the border between those two, those two states are, um, that's where she's visiting, which is El Paso. 800 miles. Saw Ted Cruz out. <laughs> Republicans are making – they're doing some dramatic theater on this. Um, I saw some maps. Uh, before Congress, I forget who I saw standing before the map. Um, but Ted Cruz was out there making the rounds in the media, saying that Chicago is actually closer to Washington D.C. than El Paso is to McAllen, Texas. So, looking here in this Washington Examiner story, Vice President Kamala Harris's decision to visit the border city of El Paso, Texas, on Friday—that's today. So she found it today. She's going to find it. We think. We don't know. I don't know if she's there yet. Um, no word if she called AOC to stage some dramatic photo shoot, fake photo shoot. We got some news on AOC as well. Uh, but she's going to visit El Paso, Texas today, which is 800 miles away from the region that is seeing more than double the normal amount of illegal Ill- uh, immigration. Lawmakers who have begged Harris for months to visit the U.S.-Mexico border are unhappy about the White House's plans not to visit the Rio Grande Valley. Democratic Rep. Um, Henry Qualar of Texas called the move a politically safe trip. Note that that's a Democratic representative calling it a politically safe trip. Of course, this has always been about the optics. It always is for the left. Remember they whined about this. I they gave Kamala, they gave Kamala a real a real job here, a real job that has real consequences that has to be dealt with. How dare they? She wants the ceremonial stuff. She wants the stuff where she can go out there and go up on stage or take the microphone, where it's just about talking in vague generalities about getting applauded about being maybe given awards, maybe, I don't know, maybe given uh, some sort of honorary degree from a college. She doesn't want to fix real problems. What in the world is Biden doing 
passing this off to her. In fact, we've we talked about how people on Harris's team are upset that Biden Biden passed that job over to her because he doesn't want to actually deal with it. I, I don't disagree with that, but we talked about this, I don't know, a week or two ago, the difference between leadership and politics. Leadership says, hey, there's a real problem. Case in point, let's, Abraham Lincoln, right? Abraham Lincoln goes, uh, you know, there was a contentious election. There were tense times. There were, you know, massive problems between the North and the South. I mean, we, we went to civil war over this. Lincoln wasn't concerned about passing this off to his vice president to deal with. And Lincoln wasn't, Lincoln was concerned with saving the union, that Biden and, and Kamala Harris and the radical left, their, their thoughts of saving America from things that are destructive to her in this sense, illegal immigration is, and is what that does, what that does on so many levels, be it crime, be it overwhelming um, our, our system of government. And, you know, of course, then you factor in, you go to things like the census and how you know, now you're not really allowed to ask someone their citizenship status. So that could truly throw off numbers for representatives or how funding is allocated. I mean, it has all sorts of implications. Employment, of course, in, in many ways. I've talked with many folks who say, look, we this is this might be something they could agree upon now. Maybe we could take in more folks to do temporary work or whatever. And maybe that, I mean, I'm not saying that there's any there's no none of that's valuable i'm simply saying allowing people to just cross the border and not do anything about it when you're the borders are not go to the region where it is the biggest problem she acts like going there is totally unnecessary and this is from the group of people the radical left who to everything symbolism is everything there is a point in time when you're the leader. If there's a problem in Region X and City X, you go to said region, you go to said city, and you address it. You unveil your plan on how you're going to stop it. You don't fly over the border, over the region, over the city in question. Fly over it as she did a couple of weeks ago. Go to Guatemala, go to Mexico, meet with leaders, and tell them that you want to talk about the root causes. Again, the root causes are things that you investigate and try to understand. I'm not saying never at some point. Of course, we know many of the root causes. We know many of the root causes as to why people want to come here. And it's funny, not funny for, I don't mean it like that, but it's, it's the, the, the answer to that question is funny because it's the opposite of how the radical left talks about this country. People want to come here because this is a great place to be. People want to come here because it is a land of opportunity. It's a land of opportunity because of the way in which America was was built and founded. That's why it's a great place. The same place that the radical left talks about constantly, incessantly, that uh, paints this nation as a terrible place to come. But that's why. that's why it's people come here we don't need some deep study to understand that people want to come to a place where they have a chance instead of living um, in, in in situations where there's a lot of corruption in their government and there's plenty in ours as well it's just that the prosperity is so powerful the prosperity is so powerful and has been unleashed on the american people in such a way or the american people have unleashed it i should say that we're able to endure a lot 
from our politicians a lot more than some of these other places because we're insulated by our prosperity in a sense, not completely, but in a sense that we don't often feel the the stupid things that they do directly because it's so prosperous in many ways. And again, because it's founded upon ideas that these folks hate. Let's let that sink in. The ideas that built this nation up, the radical left hates. So they're never going to understand why this country works the way it does anyway. Then they wonder why people want to come here. And they, as they talk about this being such a racist, hateful place, it's, it's fundamentally flawed. It's systematically racist. That's what they say constantly, incessantly. Now we put those people in charge of figuring out how to stop the problem. They don't want to stop the problem. In fact, they want to talk about the root causes. They, they have a complete mis- misunderstanding of what the root causes are because they fundamentally misunderstand how this nation was built and founded and why it's prosperous and why it's attractive to people around the world because it turns out the things that they tell us won't work, the things that they tell us are not good are the things that attract people here, that create the prosperity to begin with. Now she's down there. Now she's down there on the border actually having to to face the problems, at least in the media to some extent, except for not exactly because she's nowhere near the place that this border crisis is the most severe. She's taken an easy route. She's gone to El Paso. She's not going directly into the, the hot spot. And who knows what she'll say or do, but it won't be... It won't be authentic. This is going to be for production value. She just wants this offer place. She doesn't want to have to deal with this. She doesn't want this. And there's some some tension between those camps and the White House, Biden and, and Harris. Anyway, that's happened in the day as well. I'm, I am surprised and I am very pleased to tell you, though, that she did find at least the southern border. She's still not found the right place on the border but I was I was starting to think that, you know, Congress uh, was right in, in trying to show on a map to Kamala where where she should really be going. But she's she's getting closer. She's within eight hundred miles now. So we'll see what happens. But that's happening today too. Supposedly, we'll see. Quick time out here is necessary. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, program, this program here is brought to you by a lot of wonderful businesses. In fact, we we have a website, supportouradvertisers.com, where you can find out about many of those businesses. One of those businesses, a friend of mine, Freegee Auctioneers, F-R-E-I-J-E Auctioneers.com. They have a variety of auction services, so... You can attend in person or, in many cases, online. You can actually bid online. No matter where you're listening to my voice, you can bid uh, on some of these. Some auctions you can do online. Some are in person or some are a combination. You can find out more about those auctions, freegeauctioneers.com. Again, F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers with an S.com. Also, maybe you're in a position maybe you're managing an estate 
and it's time to have an auction. Maybe you're looking to host a real estate auction. Maybe um, any number of things that you might need help auctioning off uh, some some things yourself. Freegy, TJ, I call him Freegy, but TJ and his team will take good care of you. Again, freegyauctioneers.com, located just west of Indianapolis on US 40 in Clayton, 317-539-2895. So, what else is going on out there? We've got, I mentioned Kamala found the border. We talked about the infrastructure bill earlier today. I alluded to something I won't have time to get into in detail, but this was in the post-millennial, and I watched I watched a lot of uh, this soundbite. It's four minutes. I'm not going to obviously play that for you, but uh, AOC is talking uh, is speaking at a committee hearing and talking it just I wish I had time to play that like I just you, you, I, I'm not gonna play that long of a, of a sound bite on on the radio but when when she listen when she explains she explains a lot about her worldview in in this little four minute bit. And she's talking about the economy and how it was thriving in the nineties when we were when we were kids, as she says. Um, but then she says, she says in this little monologue, I guess, she says, and this is a quote, I'm looking at the po- up the post millennial. We were told to go to school and to get a good job and that a quarter million dollars of student loan debt would easily pay itself off. First of all, who told you this? Who told you this? I think if that's what you were told, and it, you're saying it is, Representative AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if that is, in fact, what you were told, I want you to tell me who they were, and I want you to tell me what their worldview and ideology is, because that is not these are not conservative people telling you this. These are not conservative people telling you this. In fact, I maintain... And I am not against a college education. Please do not misunderstand me. But I do believe this. I believe that in today's world, in today's world, it is a strategy of the left to use the push to tell students to go to college, and then they hijack education. They use that as a strategy for developing little future liberals. You go to college and you study underwater basket weaving, for example, and you got to take three courses on why America is terrible, how capitalism kills, and I don't know, why whiteness is the major problem in American society today. That's if you take underwater basket weaving. That's This is the point that we've gotten to. So I, I want to know who these people are that told AOC, hey, what you got to do is you got to go to college and you're going to have to get you're going to have to take out a loan for $250,000. That's what she says, a quarter million. Now she may not know that's a quarter million, but that is what a quarter million is. $250,000 of student loan debt. I'm just teasing, take it easy. We're conservative not better, but we know that the left, the radical left and their ability to comprehend math and numbers is clearly not something that is in the top 10 million things of their whatever their skill set is. This is this is near the absolute bottom, their ability to understand money and economics. But that's what she says. We were told, we were told by liberals, I guess, 
if she wants to be completely accurate here, go to school, get a good job, and that a quarter million dollars of student loan debt would easily pay itself off. What in the world is she talking about? And then after that, she continues, if you wanted a job and go to graduate school. So now you, now you got to go to graduate school. Meanwhile, I, there's people out there listening to my voice right now that are trying to hire people. And they're thinking, what in the world is this lady talking about? Because I have positions to fill right now that pay pretty darn well, that, play, that, that pay pretty darn well, that you don't have to have any of these things. You don't even have to have a college degree. I might send you, maybe you should have gone to trade school, or maybe I can send you to trade school, apprenticeship program. You know, working with your hands in this particular area or field or what have you, you don't have to go. You don't have to go to get your master's or PhD and go a half million. Now we're up to a half million dollars of debt, says AOC. Add another quarter million. A quarter million plus a quarter million is a half million or $500,000. And that's what's going to create economic opportunity for you. This is what AOC believes. And she she eventually uses this this rhetoric and gibberish to talk about a civilian climate core. So instead of doing this, she says, until, instead of telling people to go to school and go into a half million dollars of debt just to try to find a job, why don't we create a civilian climate core that helps do things to prevent climate change, to fight the dangers of climate change? I think she made a comment in here, man, I don't want to I want to get this right. Here she says, we have, a, we have a student loan crisis, a housing crisis, a climate crisis. How on earth can we possibly overcome this? Again, the, the greatest generation is sitting there with the, its, its hands in its metaphorical, or its head in its metaphorical hands, rubbing its brow, thinking we fought fascism, we fought the Japanese and their quest at the time to overtake the world with their you know, terrible form of of, um, just taking over the world, right? We fought off real problems, student loan crisis, housing crisis, climate crisis. How can we overcome this? I think she made a comment that people are drowning. They're drowning financially, or they have to choose between drowning financially and drowning in the climate or some stupid comment like that because of the sea levels are going to rise. I mean, I may be missing that a little bit, but that's basically what what she talks about. And now we need to have a civilian climate corps team running around planting trees. <laughs> That's paid for by the federal government. This is, this is the solution. This is AOC's solution. Meanwhile, people in the trades are saying, "Just get a job." I mean, there's so many things in 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 those particular in, in in trades in general. Go to a trade school, and you can do quite well. And there's a tremendous demand. What about being a truck driver? My goodness, some of these things are paying tremendous amounts of money right now. AOC thinks that we need climate team to, you know, federal climate team that's unionized, that's federally funded, planting trees. That's the solution. Meanwhile, we have truly an employment crisis, an employment crisis. But AOC instead says, no, no, no. What do, I mean, I got a half million dollar loan to pay off. That's what I get. That's what most people have in, in her mind. And that makes sense. It does not make sense, but then again, what does that AOC says? Quick time out. Back here in just a minute.
Welcome back, my friends. So, AOC, we talked about her. The other thing I want to get to quickly, get to quickly here for the remaining part of the program, is just where we stand with the whole filibuster thing. The filibuster, of course, you know this, is a tool in the Senate. It's not in the Constitution. It's in the Senate's rules that basically gives the minority power to stop any legislation from moving through the Senate so long as they can come up with at least 41 41 senators who um, don't want to see a bill move forward to a final vote. So it takes 60 to overcome a, a filibuster to invoke cloture and to move a bill to final a final vote. And it is something that in a 50-50 Senate with a vice president, Kamala Harris, who, even though she doesn't know where the border is, can sure, certainly find her way back to the U.S. Senate to cast a tie-breaking vote on some of these controversial issues. That, that she can do. That she can absolutely do. She can find the U.S. Capitol building. She cannot find the southern border, or at least the right part, or right part of the southern border. But so – because of, say, the compromise on infrastructure, because of their inability to pass H.R. 1, the so-called For the People Act, the radical left has had enough of this. And so they're now complaining more and more the lot that the cries and the screams are getting louder and louder and more frequent about overruling or doing away with the filibuster just temporarily for things to save our democracy is our favorite. If it involves democracy, the filibuster shouldn't be involved. So just, I just want to bring your attention to that. Can't talk anymore about it. Got to take a break. Sit tight back in just a minute. My friends, so keep an eye on the filibuster. And this is there, – there's a, a montage. I don't have time to, to play it um, of Democratic – I think it's well, – I think it's all senators. It could be other Democratic uh, talking heads. But they are out there saying that it's time to consider the filibuster, just you know, eliminating it or temporarily putting it on hold, putting it on hold except you know just for these key issues that pertain to – Fighting for our democracy. Can I have to put it on hold? If it has to deal with democracy, what does that even mean? If it has to deal with democracy, I'm sure they'll tell you what it means. It means when they want to use it, they want to be able to use it. And when they don't want to be have, have it used against them, they want to table it and say, it's time. It's for the American people's best interest. It's for democracy. So keep an eye on that. I've got to go. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. SDG. See you Monday. Take care. As a look-